Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Back in the rugby dungeon, back to make sure you have a, a rugby fix on another Monday morning, every single Monday morning, without fail, even when, as is the case today, we have all between us... Well, in fact, if you, if you, yeah, I was going to say, if you added up the miles that we've travelled between us, <laughs> we could get... Halfway around the globe. Just don't don't think about our carbon footprint. Yeah, this, this weekend. Uh, but uh, you you just got a glimpse of it there. Uh, 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 and before I introduce uh, the other two gentlemen with me, I um, just want you to appreciate the lengths that we go to and the sacrifices and the effort that is made to make sure there is your fix of rugby every single Monday morning, because. If I were Phil, I'd want to be no other place than my bed right now. <laughs> you okay, mate? I, I wish I was in my bed. I, I, Tim, don't tempt me with how thoughts you, of my, my own bed. How was your flight, Phil? Uh, right. I, 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 I hello, slept. Uh, before that, hello, JB. Hello, Tim. Uh, so uh, I've returned from Toulon. Uh, you two have returned from a stag do in Madrid. Yeah, Madrid. Uh, so, yeah, let's get back to the flight home, Phil. Uh, I slept. I, th- I think I slept for most of it, didn't I? Anything else? Uh, mostly sleeping. Yeah, he didn't have a great flight home. I, I, I'll let him tell us. If he decides to tell the story on the, on, the, on the podcast, he can tell the story. But uh, I'm not even sure what story I'm supposed to be telling. But never mind. Let, All right, let's if, just if, say let's just say I slept a lot on the. Why flight. don't you read the message that um, our friend sent to the stag group, <laughs> let, let, which, 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 which described what you got up to? Let's just let's just say I slept a lot on the flight. Yes, he slept a lot on the flight. <laughs> I think there might be some stories through this podcast. I think we're going to have fun. Yes. Um, uh, but you're you're okay, JB. You sound incredibly fresh. I got to say, I'm impressed. Long form drinking, mate, is my thing. So I do. It's probably what I do best. <laughs> so unlike with fitness, where you're all power and and not so much <laughs> yeah, yeah. endurance, drinking is the reverse. All, is all endurance, yeah. It's all endurance. Oh, so you've had a pretty good weekend, then. Oh, it's been great, mate. It's been uh, yeah, it's, it's it's wonderful. You've got to say, haven't you? This European, this European Cup competition although it's a little bit boring that it's like going to be a french french final a french irish final it's thrown up some hell of a storylines and some great rugby yeah and now that now crowds are back and part of it phil's having a bit of a giggle at some message that's been <laughs> sent <laughs> <laughs> never mind let's keep let's keep going let's, let's move forward <laughs> yeah don't look back move forward yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh no! Before we get onto any of the rugby stuff, just one other thing, you know, so we don't make it all about Phil. Just because you're sounding fresh, you have nevertheless continued your tradition of metaphorically salting the earth of wherever you go to on a stag do by 
having no wallet or phone to come home with. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what happened again? This happens every time. I know. Uh, phone, wallet, uh, 5.30 last night, went to grab my phone, just bought a round of drinks, gone. Both of them are like, how the hell has this happened? <clears throat> and uh, thankfully, due to the kindness of a stranger who bought me a taxi to send me home, uh, otherwise I'd have been absolutely screwed, screwed last night. I had no idea where I was. I was very fortunate. Very, very fortunate. So, whoever that person is, thank you so, so much. In fact, there is a life lesson. If you see a stranger in need, buy him a taxi home. <laughs> so, so, the last Egg Chasers trip that we did, which was, wasn't really an Egg Chasers trip, but kind of was, uh, to the intention was to watch um, Portugal versus Russia yes. in Lisbon. And JB and I were in Lisbon. By, by 10 p.m., so we, we landed on the Friday evening... By 10 p.m. on the first day, JB had already lost every single <laughs> every single <laughs> card that he owns. Yeah, it was a disaster. So I had so we uh, be- between the two of us, we muddled through, I guess. Yes, yeah, it was an absolute, absolute disaster. But you just got to get over it. You just got to yeah, go, yeah, move yeah. forward. Yeah, you've got good friends. Let's, let's uh, say that. And in rugby terms, you rekindled your love for Spanish rugby in a, in a manner of speaking by taking a little run on Saturday morning past past the ground. Indeed we did, yeah. At we, the university. Round the ground. Yeah, we went yeah. round the ground, we did some pull-ups, we did some running, we did... Um, we we, we ran to the, the ground, which was only about a mile from where we were staying, and there was a, a little outdoor gym there, so we did 50 chins, 100 press-ups, uh, 5 muscle-ups, and then a, a few laps of the stadium. It was awesome. Yeah, a mini, mer- a mini so, Murph. Yeah, it's so nice. Yeah, it's nice. tiny little, very rested Murph, not mm. a Murph. Let's talk, let's let's talk some rugby then. Yes, yeah. Well, so, yeah. Well, so what I will say is, with the crowds being back and having been very very fortunate to be in Dublin last weekend for Munster Toulouse for in Toulon this weekend for Toulon Saracens. Awesome. Uh, yeah, just the European competition is is very very special when it's that clash of cultures and those cl- that clash of styles. That there's something very special about those those matchups. So t- Tim, how was Toulon? Uh, it, well, so I've I've been to Toulon before. You've the, been there. I think you've been there three or four times now, surely. A couple of uh, a couple of times, but I've never done. I've never spent a night in ah. Toulon. Or I've always gone back to Marseille Airport. And, okay, but I got I got there on the Friday night. Yeah, Nick Mullins and myself uh, arrived uh, on Friday night, so we had all day Saturday, nine o'clock kickoff on Saturday. Yeah, what? So just you know, obviously great. that just meant we, we had a full. Like twelve hours of solid note taking and working, work and prep. working God, solidly. Professionals, yeah, which was great, uh, but it, it, it's brilliant. And, and that, what is the deal with Toulon now? Because they're obviously owned by someone else. They, yeah, yeah not uh, Bougelard. Yeah, they're Bougelard. still a force in in French rugby. What, what, well, what is their team like? Well, in Feb- so in February they were bottom of the top fourteen. Yeah, they're now in the mix to potentially get into the playoffs and. Have won, gone on an unbelievable run. I think they've won eleven in fourteen since February. Wow! Um, in all competitions, and they uh, so, so the result they beat Saracens obviously. And if if anyone hasn't watched the game, and if you have, maybe you agree or disagree with this. My thought is, um, aside from Leinster, I'm not sure any anybody could have beaten Toulon. Wow, because really? I, I, I they, they were that good. So I've, I've not seen any of the game, but I was genuinely expecting Saracens to like, so was I. Roll, yeah, I, roll them over. Just, just, just turn up. Saracens turn up, 
with that Saracen squad and they will just roll Toulon over because Toulon while they've got an Etzebeth and a Colby and others I just don't think they're as organised disciplined coherent as Saracens can be at the top well, of their well, game Toulon they, were, they weren't but they, coherent they, has they, never been a, a, a byword for Toulon has it I mean that is one thing you would never accuse um, never necessarily accuse them of uh, so yeah, I completely agree with Phil. I, I was expecting just to open up the paper and see, you know, thirty points to twelve Saracens win. <clears throat> well, uh, so Frank Azima has come in, and Pierre Mignomi, who's got uh, Leon to the final, is going there as well next year. They're going to be joint, uh, okay. kind of jointly in charge, the two of them. Yeah. Uh, but no, what they they are organised in a very Saracens way. They were. Really? Their defence was unreal. It was ferocious. And, um, yeah, it was like you winced at the number of the tackles. Did, um, oh, what's his face? Why can't I remember things? Say? It's probably because I'm horribly <laughs> hungover. Uh, Italian guy. Number eight. Parisi. Parisi. Parisi played. He was immense. Did he play? He was awesome. <laughs> at 38 or 39. Yeah, 38. Yeah. Good lad. He's absolutely awesome. He was brilliant, and and the tr- one of Villiers' tries, and Villiers, yeah, so Villiers by the way, scored is, two tries, didn't he? Yeah, he is just, he's everywhere, and he's just it's all action for a, a diminutive win. And actually, this is one of the things Nick Mullins and I did chat about on I can't remember if it was the Friday night or the Saturday. And I think Nick's got a great point here. You know, because I brought up your point about um, to him, I said Phil Phil was talking about the oh, it's that's right. We 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 had this discussion while we were watching the Wasps game. Um, who played Umanga at 15 and I said Ooh. I said off now Phil made a good point that that's a way that rugby's going there's a lot more of the two the double distributing 10s but playing them in the 10 Ooh. and 15 shirt and Nick Mullins's point which was was an awesome one and one to watch for is the game is played at such a pace and there's such a premium on quick ball now at the breakdown that having two nines in- is really useful and interesting. And guys like Villiers, who has been a nine, and you see him come in. Yeah, and, okay. And, and I was watching Toulouse as well, although they got thumped by Leinster, as we'll get onto. But um, the number of times you would see Dupont standing at ten. Yeah, yeah. Getting fed the ball by his winger, and then and then that just means Dupont's that bit closer to the next breakdown, so he can be there with quick ball for the next one. So that's definitely two nines effectively is that's something really yeah. It was one to watch. That is an interesting point, and I, I think that is I think that's right. I think good teams and the nine thing is interesting because it doesn't have to be two guys. That so basically you want every single forward to have the skill set of a nine because they are. By, by almost by definition, they are going to be the the next guy to a rook because they're a forward. Mm. So that, that is a very interesting point that from Nick, mm. and I, I agree with it. It's something which I saw years and years ago, which is peculiar. I've never seen it before. I've never seen it since. But Bath played. Uh, do you remember Scott Beamond? Is it Scott Beamond the scrum off? Uh, Willie Beeman, Steaming Willie Beeman, Steaming, Steaming, Willie, Steaming, 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 Steaming. Steaming. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Scott Beeman. He was, he was a, yeah, he was a, yeah, Scott, Scott Beeman. Yeah. So he was a nine winger, wasn't he? Yeah, um, I'm uh, not sure he? he was a winger, but he's definitely a nine. So what they did was really interesting. Um, and again, I've never seen it since. Every forward would pop the ball off the floor to Beeman's to, hands, so Beeman uh, would never yeah. bend over. And he's just uh, whip, uh, whipping the uh, whipping the ball up. Basically, I don't, I'm not sure if it made any. A difference in terms of speed, but I thought it was quite quite a unique little little solution. 
So you mm. just run there and start, start right, and then whip, like, whip that away. Yeah, I like it. No bending beeman. No bending beeman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what he's up to now. Is he South African? <laughs> I think he was an Aussie. I reckon South African. Oh, I can't remember really. I vaguely remember. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so um, Carbonell was given man of the match by the French television. He was very good, but uh, I thought that um, Olivon and Etzebeth were just uh, were uh, Olivon's amazing. Olivon's crazy. It helps having those two in your team. Oh, so massive. Is he not French captain though, Olivon? He was when he was fit. He, had, he was injured for a while, so he didn't play in the. He didn't yeah, play, she, did he, in the Six Nations yeah, when they won so, the Grand Slam? Yeah, I want to say he didn't get a gl- didn't win a Grand Slam, didn't win the no, Six Nations didn't. because he was not fit. I could be wrong on that, but it was it was the one of the most hostile atmospheres. Like last week in Dublin, the the Munster fans were just amazing. The noise and the racket they made. This was so hostile. Really, it was brilliant from that perspective. And so I know where you stand on this, but a lot of people, JB, were very were quite upset at the the way that Toulon fans were just really making all kinds of noise Good. When, Far- when Farrell was kicking. Good. Great. Good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember the Sale game. So Sale, making it make about Sale, obviously. Uh, do you remember when Sale played Toulon on a Sunday night? Like, it was, I'm not even sure if there's anything to I was there for that one. Oh, uh, were you? Yeah. When, when Dan Mugford played? Yeah. Uh, and that, it just felt... They played in bright yellow, was that... Uh, no, 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 that was a different one. That was a different one. No, I was there for it. I was there for it. Which one was it? No, I was there for it. Yeah, it's a that. Saturday night. Dan yeah. played on the wing. I want to say, um, and it just felt it, it, it felt it, it just felt in, intimidating. Yeah. So that that that's the lower tier, if if that's the right terminology. It is lower tier, lower tier European competition. The higher tier European competition. We had two semi-finals. JB, you and I watched one of them. We did. We watched the Leicester game Le- in Le- an Irish bar, standard. Yeah, and Colin- Collins Bar Madrid, Le- Leinster to lose. What a performance by Leinster! Uh, do you know? I they're obviously very, very good, but I don't think they play great rugby. I think they play very basic, simple rugby, extremely efficiently. But they don't play great rugby. They are such a good team. Uh, they are such such a, such a good team. Right, here's the thing. I think that in all the chats about who's going to take over from um, Eddie Jones and who's going to be the next England coaches, that there's two names which never get mentioned. Dan McFarland would never get yeah, mentioned. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, should, he, he should, should be mentioned. You're, you're totally And the second right one, that. Stuart Lancaster. <laughs> No. That's his team. It, it's he is the hands on. So maybe he shouldn't be the number one, but Stuart Lancaster. I want. I want as a coach. As a co- as, as a coach. As, as the, the head coach. As, as the um, no. Kind of, as the main hands on out on the field with a whistle. <sighs> Coach, give it Steve Ball. Look at what he's done. That yeah, is, he's that just got team. the Irish team. He's got the Irish team. It's not, yeah. You know, I don't think, I think too much praise is given to these boys. Uh, <laughs> I think for I, I could do that job. I could literally put the cones out and have that team playing well. I don't think that they play. They play very proficient, very effective rugby, but they're not a great team. If you look at them in oh. terms of like. No, they are as so great. Yeah, the individuals are great. All right. The team is great, but like you watch them play, there's nothing groundbreaking. Uh, so, so I, I, I think you, you are doing them a disservice there. I think, I think Leinster, Leinster are legitimately a great team. They're a great team of great individuals, and they also play probably above their station. Yes. Oh, I don't know about that. They, yeah, they, 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 they are. They're, they're incredible individuals, but they are better as a collective than watching, some of their parts. Watching them this weekend. 
just shut down, just totally shut down, eradicate that Toulouse team. Yeah, just I, make look, make make that that Toulouse team, which is one of the most talented teams of all time, make them look like an irrelevance on the rugby field. They did right, but there's a couple of things I want to add to this. I don't think Toulouse wanted to be there and watching them play. <laughs> they look rubbish. Now, Leinster can only play what's in front of them. Yeah, and part of Toulouse looking rubbish was the fact that Leinster were very very good. Very um, good. But I don't know, there's something about that Toulouse team as well, which I just like, they they didn't show up. They didn't look like they were as com- competitive as they needed to be to beat Leicester. They, they, they didn't fire a shot. Except for that early um, try from du- du- DuPont. That was basically it. It, it is interesting, because this, this is uh, Toulouse's third time on Irish soil. Mm-hmm. They beat, ultimately, over two legs, they beat Ulster, they beat Munster, and then they came to play against Leinster, and they just got no in it. They were just... They did get a hiding, there's no two. It was an absolute hiding. And in a semi-final like that, to lose like that, yeah, they they were... It was a beatdown. It was an absolute beatdown, because Leinster are... Some team, and they're some team because of the both the individuals and also the compounding effect of individuals playing incredibly well together. They are some team. Yeah, yeah, they are. Uh, you, you can't take take it away from them. I just think that the I just want Stuart Lancaster basic. to get the, the credit he deserves. <laughs> he puts hey, the curls out. He puts the curls out for the Irish team. I, I, I don't know. What, what do you want me to say? <laughs> uh, little email here from Hugh Black. Contact headchasers at gmail.com who messaged us. Uh, this is just looking at the time. It must have, yeah, it was during the game, towards the end. Uh, love the pod, blah, blah, blah. How good is Leinster's number four Maloney? Plays at mm. first receiver and run a stand, uh, takes it to the line, le- legitimately better than many tens. Uh, probably. So it's a fair comment. He, yeah, was, he, he was excellent. He was excellent. It, it's, it's hard to just single out. Anyone in that Leinster team, the whole team was super. The thing is, obviously James Ryan has come back into back into a bit of form. He was very, very good against Leinster, and a, and a bit of fitness after a few worrying head knocks. I, so I actually quite like. Um, hopefully that that continues. I also like the the, the other boy they have there, Bird, uh, who I don't think played this week. Uh, but the, the options that they've got 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 in second row, they just seem to get better and better and better. And that, and that back row of Kalen Doris, Jack Conan, and Josh Van der Fleer. Van der, Van der Fleer, I. He is Six Nations was he, on the quiet, on the quiet. He was one of the players of the Six Nations, mm. and he's just continued that form. He's he's playing an outrageous form. The the Irish Tom Curry. <laughs> I, I honestly think there's so many similarities between the two. Good carriers, good jacklers, probably could play eight. Do a bit of everything. Do it, yeah. And and old man Sexton with, yes. his, with a show and go, rolling back the years. Yeah. Do you know? I think, and I'm not entirely sure. Maybe, but I think he could get selected for the Egg Chasers veterans ve- ve- veterans tennis team. Do you re- uh, I'm mm. not not sure. The, the, I mean, he's good. He's, whether he's, he's okay. that good, I don't know. Yeah, whether he could pull the strings for us in North Dorset, I don't know. He's okay. Is is he a Matt Warwick? No, he's not no. Matt Warwick. Is he? No, he's, he's no, he's not. not. If you want to be considered, Johnny Sexton. Or anyone else that might want to come and play for us at the North Dorset Sevens the Who's, first weekend in July. Yeah. Uh, then contact edchasers at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, vets team, uh, social team, and, and the full first team. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, on, on uh, Jonathan Sexton, got a little email here. 
from Simon Cowgill, who again was messaging this one during the game. This one sent it at half time. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Uh, uh, <laughs> emails just start like that now. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, remember a few months back, what a big deal was made about Billy being penalised for back chat. In the Leicester Toulouse game, Dixon, as of 30 or so minutes, has allowed Sexton et al. to appeal for a ch- and challenge every decision. I was halfway through writing this, and he's just marched to lose back 10 metres. Classic. Is there a club of players that are allowed to speak to refs any way they like? Is it just 10s? Sexton, Bigger, Farrell are prime examples. Bar AJ last well, week, obviously. It must shake your confidence somewhat. And I think Dixon's in a good position because he was an ex-player. But it must shake your confidence when someone like Johnny Sexton tells you what's what. Because he does know things. Like, he knows an awful lot. He's a, he's a former World Player of the Year. <laughs> yeah. So when Johnny Sexton says, that's wrong, sir, you probably listen. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it must be really difficult. Really, really difficult. I have to say, Carl Dixon as a choice of referee for this game was an odd one for me. I don't, I, I don't know if the game is a little bit too big for him. Uh, yeah, I, I'm... So, Matt Carley was the uh, Rush United 2... Um, La Rochelle. La Rochelle game. Matt, Matt Carley is... I think, I think he's a great referee. I think he's spot on and he's... You can see the linear decision-making process from something happening to Matt, Matt Carley making a decision. Yeah, he's very detailed. He, he, I think he's great. I'm not sure Carl Dixon is quite of the same level. Yeah, and I don't like criticizing. Yeah, I don't think he had a bad game. I just no, no, he, he didn't. He bit, didn't have a bad a game. A bit too much for him. He's a good. He's a good ref. He didn't have a bad game. However, there are, there are other people I'd put. I yeah. would say. Well, and having watched Andrew Brace, yeah, in in the flesh, and also the, the brilliant thing about the some of the European trips I've done, going to Belfast, we were in the same hotel as the team of refs, and it was Matt Carley was the referee that night mm. with, with Ian Tempest. Um, uh, and also I spent a lot of time with them and I spent a bunch of time with, with Joy Neville and Andrew mm. Brace and uh, Oshin whose name I've forgotten the surname but the the, the, the Northern Irish so, the, the, so their team of four yeah. mm. and it's brilliant having a chat with them and I thought Andrew Brace was ace in, oh, in this game he handled that, that situation and, and he gave but uh, I think it was interesting and to your point on Johnny Sexton Owen Farrell was, was chopsing at him a little bit and so was um, some of the uh, Toulon players at him but when, when Parise is saying something and, Far- and Farrell's <laughs> saying something I think actually to, to your point I think you kind of have to be prepared to listen as a referee and not be like a, <laughs> yeah. not be like a school teacher yeah you do actually don't, don't talk back because actually yeah these guys do know things and at the very least even if you go well I didn't see it like that on that occasion it's okay for Johnny Sexton to say it I think and for and the referee probably to listen because yeah and where do you draw that line because there is obviously gamesmanship and the reason you often pick a captain is because he can talk, talk to the ref yeah. think about dealing with Sam Warburton right so Sam Warburton is probably the most in depth of all of the uh, pundits I think he's brilliant imagine Sam Warburton telling you someone at the breakdown was illegal what are you going to do disagree with him <laughs> like, no that's not right one thing I did notice Jamie George was uh, one thing he does that's brilliant is he he gets on the ref's good sides by just being so brilliantly polite and sort of like affable and personable. Yeah. So he, you, you could hear you could hear on the ref mic him going, Andrew, Andrew, um, you've got a, you're under a lot of pressure. It's now a good time for a quick chat. And Ooh, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, how yeah. can you say no, Jamie? Go away. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, what, what do you want to say, Jamie? <laughs> yeah, you, you, yeah, that's another thing, right? So with refs, you've got to communicate with them all the time because they, they will tell you what they want. They, all, I mean, whether they actually 
you know, decide the game in the way they say they're going to decide the game is a different thing altogether. Yeah, you know, you've got to make them feel a little bit special. Got oh, you know, on, on, the, on the Challenge <laughs> Cup refs, the, um, they all get a Tissot watch. watch Do they? Do mm, they? Which they have to wear for the game. Nice. So, so, all the, so that team of refs from Ireland were yeah, well, sporting their lovely new watches in the they, hotel. Um, Very the, nice. So the Tissot watch used to be the prize for one of the match in it, Super League. Oh, did it? Yeah. In Super League, was it? Yeah, the Tissot match. Well, it Tissot is in the Challenge Cup. Oh, is it? So Louis nice. Carbonell got himself a nice new watch. Oh, nice. wonderful, wonderful news. Mm. Congratulations, congratulations, Louis. Yeah, they <laughs> in true Super League style, it was a Tissot watch for Man of the Match. <clears throat> I like it. Good old Super League. Yeah. Um, so Leinster are an amazing team. Is that, is that, is they are inc- ridiculous. <laughs> May, maybe they could go on and... It feels like this could be dynasty level... Yeah. In the way we talked about they, they that, that Toulon of the early 2010s and the way we talked about Toulouse last year, you could talk about this Leinster team as one of the so greatest Toulouse, club teams okay, ever. So, let's just go back in time a bit. There is Toulon who won it, they went back to back. Three times. They won three times. Three times, right. Yeah. That is, that, I mean, that, that's the great, greatest club team ever. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, then you've got this Leinster team. Now, Leinster have not... I don't think they've been to finals. They've not been to finals since 2017, maybe? 2019. Yeah, 19, 19, 18, 19. They, they lost to Saracens, Saracens in 2019. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, they need to do some winning. I mean, they're all very good. Winning the URC does not count. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they, yeah. If, if they if they want to prove that they are a great team, they've got to go and win the European Cup multiple times, I would say. They are a great team. They, Let's I, see if they I, win. I think, so, I think they will win it this year, although... I'm fascinated to see the matchup because I think, and we we said it a couple of weeks ago. I think the best matchup, the best matchup we could hope for was Leinster La Rochelle. We've Why got do you think that is a Le- better Leinster matchup? La Rochelle. La Rochelle, La Rochelle have more muscle. Well, they've than, done it. They did it to them last year, didn't they? <coughs> they they bullied them last year, or was it? Yeah, no, it was so La Rochelle that beat. The they, they beat Leinster last year, didn't they? Did they? Or was it the year before? Someone beat Lancer last year. Anyway, La Rochelle are one of the two teams. La Rochelle have been beaten by, yes, yeah, Saracens and. So in semi-finals they lost to. So they, I'm pretty sure they lost to La Rochelle last year. It might, it might be, yeah, well, someone, but, someone might have beat them because yeah. they played the finals. They? So, so notwithstanding that, it, I think La Rochelle Leinster is the best matchup. I think they're so yeah. muscular. Leinster are ob- Leinster do everything incredibly well, including being incredibly muscular. La Rochelle do that incredibly well and do everything else incredibly well and also there's the Ronan O'Gara link there's the Irish link yeah. to La Rochelle which makes it it just adds like 10% extra spice yeah. to, a, to a European Cup final adding 10% extra spice is just what you need indeed now, don't get me wrong I love a big pack as, next, as, uh, as much as the next guy right but I do think that Racing would have been my preferred choice to play Leinster because I think they're built a bit differently. Whereas La Rochelle are enormous, I think Racing are powerful. They're sort of ag- like aggressive in the contact. They're not a big pack, but I do like the way that they go about their business. That, that would have been my preferred final. Racing are probably the most exciting team in well, definitely in Europe. Yeah, but just because on of the that, planet, just if you if you just look at the try scorers and the tries scored in the Racing Sale game last weekend, yeah, that is why they are the most exciting team in the world. And they the, didn't even play well. And 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 you, um, they were resting Vakatawa, 
who's one of the best outside back. He was on the bench, one of the best outside backs in the world. But Fiku and Temi to- Teddy Thomas and Imoff and Max Spring, who yep. my, one of my new free- favourite players. Uh, and of course, you got to remember Teddy Thomas is off too. La Rochelle, La Rochelle. Yeah. La Rochelle. That is, um, yeah, that's that's a nifty little signing. Not bad. I don't know if I want to go. I mean, La Rochelle's going to be quite nice, but would I want to leave that back line in Paris? Would you leave Paris? Depends how much you're paying me. Get you, you get more for your money in La Rochelle. You do get more, a lot more for your money, I imagine, in in, in La Rochelle. <laughs> so just to um, just to make the point, it was yeah the two teams that Leinster have been beaten by in Europe in the last couple of years on La Rochelle last year yep and Saracens the year before mm. they were beaten in quite similar fashion in that game and this is what makes it really interesting with La Rochelle they were bullied yeah mm. which I, I'm sure they will have taken note of and they don't they don't look like a team that are going to be bullied by anybody <laughs> but, not really but La Rochelle are one of those teams that have that potential to do that yeah it'll be interesting I mean, look even even good teams uh, they're only good until until you do beat them up. That, that, that is the beauty of rugby. Everyone is susceptible to getting beaten up occasionally. I think Leicester, uh, Leinster will be... I don't know. What? Oh, I don't know. But they're big, but they're not massive. La Rochelle are massive. So, they, uh, I, I, they, I, I can't they, wait to see how... Uh, the problem with Leinster, I don't think they get tested enough in the URC, a point that I make. Do you know, you, uh, you say they're not massive. They are an... In, uh, it is an international pack. Yeah, it's, it's, they, however, are. there's, there's, yeah, there's one... Legit international pack. Uh, can you name the player who played against Leinster in both of those games I referenced? Tolofua. No. Um, what, for... Um, Saracens. For La Rochelle... And, um, uh, Will and then yes, Will Skelton. He will not be available. Skelton. Why? He's injured, I think. Oh, so he will not be available. And also, I've got it up here. Um, I was just checking uh, uh, since we've called them the greatest European team, the greatest club team, certainly Northern Hemisphere club team ever. Um, the, the the team that won three back to back titles for Toulon. Yes, and we're saying that Leinster have got the potential to create a dynasty on that kind you of are, level. I'm not. Uh, can you name the team that played in the third of those finals when they beat uh, Clermont? Yes, I think I so, uh, so What can you get? Player for player. So, Dylan Armitage. Um, I know he didn't start in that third one. Did he Mitchell and Habana. Drew Mitchell and Brian Habana on the wings, yes. Yeah. Gitto, Wilkinson. Uh, Gitto was no, flying Wilkins- off. Wilkinson, I think, had retired. He retired by the third, by the third one. Oh, yeah. the third one. Right yeah, so I, I could pick a different year, but anyway, I've, no, no. I've got this one. Yeah, so, yeah. You, so you've got uh, Matt Gitto at fly half, Habana, Drew Mitchell on the wings, Bastero, Bastero thirteen. Uh, I can see the fl- I can see the nine now, and I can't remember his name. The the twelve and the fifteen. The fifteen. So I I would have picked Armitage uh, as I as I did try to pick Armitage incorrect. Um, uh, French French lad no ah. Welsh oh well, Halfpenny Lee Halfpenny oh wow Halfpenny wow uh, yeah. okay um, the nine I know, I know the nine I, the, the little stuck French, fella French, French, yeah French. French handsome little beard oh what is his what's name what's his name Sebastian Tuboard Tuboard that's the boy as yeah, the okay. only one in the back line the twelve is the greatest ten to play the game 
So says Stephen Jones. Hernandez. <laughs> One Martin Hernandez. Was it? Yeah. Oh, what I mean, a team. I would never got that in a million years. As for the pack, I know it's a prop uh, that JB loves hey, at Loosehead. Uh, Jenkins. Uh, no. Um, I love. Sheridan. Sheridan was earlier. Chucky. Uh, oh, yes. Chucky. Chucky and the hooker. Uh, the, the guy at the that, time. The guy who's now gone to bloody yeah. Montpellier. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Gerardo. Yeah. Tight head prop was still Carl Heyman's. Carl Heyman. Was it? Wow. Second, second row. I want to say something like Danny Rousseau and. Was Mountfield there? No, uh, the other one. Uh, Botha. Yeah, Backy's Botha Backy's was still Botha. there. Botha. And he was there with Dan Carter's best mate, Ali Williams. Ali Williams. Williams. And the back row of. Came back from the dead as a player. Uh, Juan Smith, Juan Smith, uh, Stefan Armitage. Sorry, Stefan Armitage. I said, and the number eight was Chris Masoi. Masoi, yes, with a bench of uh, Orioli, Menini, Chili Chava, Juan Martin, Fernandez, Lobe, Bruni, Rudy Wolf, Freddie Michalak, Roman Talfifinua. Not bad, not bad. I would not have got Hernandez in a million years. I forgot he played that. Well, yeah, but what, Len- what I think Leinster can emulate that kind of thing. They're gonna. I I, I think uh, all is set. If, if Stuart Lancaster stays, then they're, they're all good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Lancaster. You know, yeah, they are the. I've got, I've got a feeling that they're gonna stumble. <sighs> that, I think that's gonna be a hell of a game. We can, I think we, it's gonna be a really, really. We can good properly game. preview that uh, next week. It's the game I wanted. Mm, yeah. Um, Anyone see wasps? What, 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 yeah, what happened? Eighteen twenty. Eighteen twenty. Wasps. I think really the tale of the game is wasps didn't take their chances. I mean that's the tale of both the English clubs go went out in the in the Challenge Cup because they didn't take their chances. Um, so just just quickly get, getting two wasps dovetailing, just lo- tying off uh, the loose ends of Saracens. They can have no complaints. Uh, Villiers was awesome, Olivon and Parise, all the players I mentioned, but they just took their chances. That try from Wainicolo was just ridiculous, the right winger as well. So that was the, the last try oh, the, awesome. late on in the game. Awesome. Um, so they took their chances. Saracens, uh, I think the, there was a couple of moments where they had they could have driven over for uh, catch-and-drive tries and they they balls them both up, and that was basically the game there. Mm-hmm. Um Aaron Ordecky was doing the commentary for the French was he? TV, so it was great to see him. Did you say hello? Uh, no, because he was just he was he was going. He about, was working. Where, where did we? Oh yeah, no, that's right. Because we we went to a little place on the seafront, um, me and Flats and Nick Mullins, to get the pre-match meal that they put on, and we, it was basically the the French TV, and they gave us a little table to have all the food. I would be so starstruck if I saw Emmanuel. Even even more starstruck than when I saw Sean Perry at Wasps. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. I, 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 I loved it as well. Being in France, Aaron Ordecky, you know, smoke, oh. smoking away at halftime. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's one thing. I saw it last week with all the Toulouse coaches after the game. They were all puffing away in the bowels of the stadium. Makes, it makes you want to smoke. I've never wanted no, to smoke so much. Being in France, there's so many beautiful people. Just watching beautiful people sat with a black coffee. Yeah, <laughs> and, a, and a cigarette on a seafront just looks great. I've done yeah. this previously. Although, if you own a large tobacco firm and you want to sponsor us, I don't think we're covered, covered by off. <laughs> are we? Nah, we're fine. I'll, I'll take your money and I'll push all the health benefits of, of 
uh, of cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just and to, to go to the wasp one when I, I say we were staying in the same hotel as the refs for the too long game, and um, I said to them on the on the Saturday morning over breakfast, I was just like, uh, so what? You going to watch the game later? You going to watch any of the games? I went, oh yeah, we're watching. Um, going to watch the the Leon Moss game because Frank Frank's doing that one, and you you suddenly went, oh yeah, of course they they've got a team as well. They support yeah, the refs. Of course, they are. <laughs> going to go and watch Frank Murphy in that one. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. another Irish ref. So that's their team. So yeah, anyway, we, we managed to find um, a place. And again, t- to your point, uh, we just Nick and I were strolling up the front, and there was no tellies on. And then we saw a Guinness umbrella outside a pub at the end of the right we know where to go perfect yeah. so found somewhere and yeah the story of that is for what they just didn't take their chances that they had they they will be kicking themselves having so, played so to, well to win last week yeah to to only lose by two points away at Leon uh, is and they were in front a very good performance they were leading at half time they were in front they spurned a couple of opportunities and then Leon clicked into gear had a magic 10 minutes scored two awesome tries and Oh. Wasps couldn't quite claw it back, but they came very close. Wasps feel like one of those teams who can do great things at the right time and will just probably end this season and the next few seasons in this like uh, middle point of mediocrity because they don't quite click into the right gear yeah. at the right time. They can be ferocious Wasps and... They've I, got some. They've got some seriously talented players. Not only well. that, I think they sign so well. I, th- I, I think Ooh. that wh- whoever is doing the, like the signing there, they, they sort of identify what they want and they can get it. And then to stick with their boys as well. So the guys that they've developed are also really, really good. Look at the uh, the Willis boys. The Willis Bar- boys, Barbary, 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 yeah, yeah. Whoever's doing that job there is doing. I but think, I, very, I can see Umaga and the guys that they bring in, the championship guys that they bring in. Like uh, the hooker fish. Oh, well, Dan Frost. Yeah, that, Frost. Dan, yeah for that, Frost. Dan Frost. Frosty. He had a try chalked off that I feel really aggrieved at. But you know, they had it in their control. But there was it was one of those where it was. So he went over for a great try, but they called it back for a knock on, which came. The ball was sort of bouncing. Someone had not taken a catch, and it bounced up and hit. I think Josh Bassett in the chest and went forward. And then got gathered and passed, and mm. Dan Frost scored. But that's the, it's not a knock on. Is I didn't not? think, but they obviously thought it hit an arm or a shoulder. I don't uh, know. Yeah, so if it hits your chest without an attempt to catch and it hits no arm, that's oh, okay. Oh, well, that could be that. Maybe that was it without an attempt to catch. Maybe he attempted to catch it, but it hit, and it hit his chest. And that might. Okay. You might have answered me there. That might have been that, and I don't understand French well enough to understand what the commentators <laughs> were saying. So that might be the reason why. Mm. Yeah. I might be wrong on that, but in my head, certainly, it's the if it, if it hits a part of your body that can be involved in the catching process, and there's an attempt to catch, i.e., it hits your chest when you are reaching for it. That is a knock-on. Mind you, I'm still learning um, laws. Like last week was the only time I really, really clicked that when you're taking a free kick. You can start charging down as soon as yeah, the run-up yeah. begins. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was. Like, I move. thought you had to tap it yeah. as soon as you no, move. No, no, no. Yeah, so it's as soon as they move towards, it's same with charging down a kick from a, not penalty but a conversion. You can charge down, right? Yeah. Always so it's same as a conversion, is it? Always look at the quads. 
The quadzal, the quadzal twig. Oh, I mean, first. I'm always looking at the and quads, then you mate. Go, don't you worry yeah. about that. Especially you, Henry you, Arundel's quads. You don't have to tell me and Tim to look at the quads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as soon as the quads twitch, go. That is that. that is. Uh, what's my other top tip? Never look. Never look at the line-out jumper. Always, always, always look at the floor because you, mm. you you can't you can't do anything to him when he's in the air. It's the only time you can actually hit him is when he hits when he hits the deck. So just watch. Uh, so watch, okay. watch him when he lands, and then you will never go early, and then you'll be able to time your drive perfectly. Well, same goes with take your cue off uh, either the hooker if you're jumping or the lifters. Uh, tell me about the lifters. Q as in, um, as in if you're if you're trying to compete, yeah, just keep your eye on the the, the lifters or what well, the hooker. If you just want to time it and get up to try and be an inconvenience, just watch the hooker, yeah, and make sure you get your timing right there. Or watch the lifters. Yes, yes. There is a t- club, I think it's Jersey actually, and they d- use movement in their line out, which was quite effective for the first half of the season. So everyone realised that they only ever lifted. They always moved their props. In, into lifting positions so if you just followed the props around you'd know who the who the jumper would be mm. if that made sense yeah and that's how you defend them you just wait for the jumper to you know the two props to meet in the middle and, li- and lift someone perfect mm. Mm. Uh, so uh, le- p- part of the reason sorry that I um, have uh, only ever slightly vague memories of the wasp thing I wasn't drinking or anything that makes it sound bad but it's just that we went to this pub and there were there were some Saracens fans in there including um, I'm going to name her now she might be getting embarrassed for it about this but whatever but Georgette from Raging Bull the, the, oh, the marketing oh, person in Raging yeah, Bull nice. so we might have to open up that conversation again with them because I it's just a, a wonderful company and um, great we company did some gr- we did some great stuff with them great gear great company yeah, great friends of the pod. Uh, yeah, quite. Yeah. Um, right. So some other rugby r- news. You see, Leicester Tigers made a load of announcements this week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, official, uh, Gopeth is signed. Um, they've re-signed Wigglesworth for an extra year. Yeah, one more year. Wigglesworth and Gopeth <laughs> as halfbacks. <laughs> yeah. Can't wait. I don't know if that. I don't know what does that tell you about. English rugby at the moment is that is that a good thing is it a bad thing is are we looking at Leicester Tigers of being like the AC Milan of oh, uh, Maldini and Baresi I see it like a money ball Costa Curta it's, yeah. it's, it's a money ball Nesta. situation that Nesta that's it no, no one else no one else realises just how talented these boys are and therefore Leicester can deal with it Leicester can, Leicester can get them for a steal yeah I mean you know, one's a kicking a kicking scrum half he's one of the best kickers of a rugby ball on the planet, probably from Scrum Half in in yeah. Wellsworth. You know, he, you might say he's one of the key reasons that Saracens did as well as he did. Um, yeah, yeah, because yeah, of the yeah. kick chase and yada yada. So he's not going to get worse at kicking a kicking a ball. No, when, like next year. And and Gopeth is a supremely talented individual as well. Yeah, supremely talented. I think I think that's two cracking signings, uh, and the other one they've. Uh, oh, Anthony Watson. Watson. Not massively a fan of that one. The two London Irish lads. Cracknell and... Cracknell signed, yeah. Cock and a Singer. Cock and a Singer. Oh, yeah, they've got Phil. young Cock and a Singer. Uh, yeah. That's that's an interesting signing. Cause yeah. Is it Phil? Phil. Phil. Yeah, it is Phil. Um, I hear good that, things about him. I, I think that's a very interesting signing. Because I... In my head, I questioned whether he was good enough. But I know... 
One thing I know to be an absolute fact is that Borthwick knows a lot more than me about rugby. So if Borth, so Touch if, and go. If Borthwick is if Borthwick is willing to sign him, that's a very good sign. And more's the point, and I would say this is true of the Saracen setup and the Leicester setup more than pretty much anywhere else. Exeter as well has been the case over the years. But they they will develop players and make them better. Yeah, you get a lot more. Do you think um, think Wigglesworth and the Gothenburg will develop? In oh, the yeah, I'm sure they will. <laughs> well, yeah. it, so the flip side of that, where where would you not develop as a player? Bath, Bath, Bath. <laughs> Bath <is> it. exactly. <laughs> uh, without Bath. hesitation. So if a, if a player is an eight out of ten, by the time he comes out of Bath, he'll be a four out of ten. I tell you what, I, yeah, look, I'm not a massive fan of Stuart Hooper. Uh, I, I, I am as a person, actually. I think as a, as a you bloke. used to love Stuart Hooper as a player yeah. as well, as a captain and a player. As as an individual, I think he is a very lovely bloke. And yeah, very very yeah, good good bloke. Oh yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah. So I, I've not been a massive fan of him as a director of rugby. I tell you what, I don't think it is a very nice place to be at the moment in Bath. I can't uh, imagine some it of is. the stories which I've heard about, like the, the you know the power struggles and the friction. Coming out of there, it's it's it's, it's mad. Oh, uh, Anthony Watson's he got an autobiography coming out soon. That'd be cool. Yeah, that yeah. would that would be cool. Oh, that's another one. Of course, Watson signed for Bath uh, uh, for Leicester. Yeah. For, for that's that that's an interesting signing. I mean, that should be the biggest name. That should be the one that we started with, rather than Gopeth and uh, uh, Phil Cockerson and Phil Cockerson. <laughs> <laughs> just I, I, Ollie does, Cracknell. Does it just show like how far that that guy's star has fallen? Well, so on his day. He is still one of the top outside backs in the world. He, uh, he's, yeah, he's, he's outrageously good, but he's not. He's not. When was the last time he had a good game for Bath? That when was the last him. time he had a game for Bath? Yeah, a game for Bath. More's the point. So I think, think it's no. I mean, it's a loss for Bath, obviously, but actually, but, but I think it's brilliant for but, Bath. But, but yeah, I think it's not. Yeah. not the worst thing for Bath. Like when Leicester lost Manu, great player, yes, but worth worth the cash they pay on him. In terms of the performances, no. Um, that was that was actually a blessing in disguise. Yes. Leicester losing Manu. Well, I think massive. Bless. I think Bath should go one further and get rid of Cockney Singer too. Mm-hmm. Just, just get rid of all the expensive guys. So with Anthony Watson, um, you've also got to remember he's coming towards the end. He's still got plenty of years in him, but he's still he, he's still pretty young. He's never won anything. Nope. Yeah. So uh, that, that's you can make money. This yes. is my Sam Warburton argument. Everyone talks about. How, how great Sam Warburton was. Yeah, double Lions captain, pretty good. Won a Grand Slam, pretty good. Never won a single thing at club level. Yeah, yeah but you could even, argue he only, he only did those things at international level because he never played at club level. I know, and, and that's kind of, that's exactly my point, which is to be a great player, I think you've got to win at international, sure, but also at club. You, you've got to do stuff with your club or it doesn't count. So Sam Warburton's interesting because he's probably... I bet he's about the same age as Juan Smith, who we spoke about before in that amazing Toulon team. Mm. When Juan Smith moved to Toulon, yeah, he's actually not. He could, if the money was right and the situation was right, he could rekindle that career. I bet he's thirty-three. Yeah, I bet, I bet he could get two or three years it's more. He's still in great nick as well. Yeah, he looks after himself. Yeah, uh, he's with, a hell of an athlete. In fact, it's same with all Welsh guys. I mean, you know, at least Alan Wynne Jones had a few good years winning things at the Ospreys when they actually did when they were, were in the good Ospreys yeah. with um, 
Henson and Hook and Shane Williams. Yeah, but yeah. actually, club success for all the Welsh players is just basically non-existent. If you do want know, to do something do good, freaky about Sam Warburton is like he's about the same height as me and you, Jay. Uh-huh. His hands are absolutely enormous. So you, you know my theory about um, you know my theory about fly halves all got massive hands because of course it makes the ball more like a size four, like the Fijians running with yeah. one-handed. Yeah. Yeah. So, Quay Cooper, enormous hands. Quay Cooper does have enormous hands. Unbelievably large hands. Uh, yeah. Danny Cipriani, massive hands. Yeah, there is a, there, there is a running theme here. Mm. So, what are you saying? Sam Orbison should play 10. Should, should play two, 10. Imagine how good... too long. Two more years. <laughs> <laughs> two more years. I'd love, I'd love Warburton to come back and do two, two years, win it all. Yeah, but I, well... Yeah, Sar- Saracens, Toulon, Leinster. I could go to Leinster. Yeah, I play Leinster. Yeah, yeah. Actually, they're not going to not sign him. Yeah, and then he could win stuff at club level. Yeah, you got to win stuff at. He could win the URC. That's why I hate this. Why I really hate the clash between like club and international. I, I don't like one trading off against the other. They should. Be, it should be full blooded. All, all of the time you play international because you've had a damn good club season not because your club's been resting you when you're on welfare policy well. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Well, on that, I mean, because the biggest bit of news this week was World Rugby's new, slightly revamped version of the Nations Cup, which they have put forward, and which I su- suggest will go through. Yeah. Do, do you actually the... like this? Do you like this idea? I I don't mind it. I, I I think if you can do it in the right way, then more more go for it. So what have they <laughs> what have they done that's different? It's the same. So here's my issue with it, which kind of ex- I'll explain what it is for any- if you don't know uh, whilst I explain it. Um, we've got a World Cup next year. Mm-hmm. Great. At the end of 2023, we're going to know who is the best team in the world. Mm-hmm. And then in 2024, there'll be a Nations Cup where someone gets decided that they're the best team in the world. Then in 2025, there'll be a Lions Tour. Yeah. So, so that will stop down. Great, we can focus on that. 2026, we'll find out who the best team in the world is in the Nations Cup. And then we've got a Rugby World Cup in 2027 in Australia where we'll find out who the best team in the world is. That's the bit I don't like about yeah. it, and I don't see the point in it. I think, it, well, actually, it's that... Um, you can. It might make more TV money. It might. Yeah. It might make more interesting matchups for some casual viewers. I totally get that. But you will devalue... Some, uh, something that really, really matters in the Rugby World Cup. So from the, that point of view, I don't like it. The more I think about international rugby, it's not popular view, the more I don't like it, actually. The more retrograde I think, like... You hate international rugby. I, I just don't enjoy... I just don't you just like watching Sale. 
Yeah, that's true. Um, I like Sa- Sail and Tock H. I, I like club rugby. I, I just think the club game is where the authorities should be focusing their attention, and the international game is, get, is great, but... When you've got world rugby, world rugby don't own anything, right? Other than uh, you know the World Cup and a few other bits and pieces. So it's obvious that world rugby wants to launch a, a, a tournament which is in their best interest, rather than in the interest of the clubs. And I think we need to focus more on the club game. So you know that's why they're doing it. So, well, so, they, so world rugby don't own Six Nations. They don't own uh, the champion uh, rugby championship or whatever the hell that yeah. thing's called. So yeah, they're just trying to launch a new thing so, to basically. So get just on power. the just on this Nations Cup, and to give World Rugby credit, they have now said it will be the top twelve teams, but there will be a second competition with promotion and relegation between the two, mm. which I think is a positive, a massive positive from where it was, because it just felt like the, the top nations going. How can we take more cash? Yeah, yeah. It was all about the money. Who I think it which, still is. Yeah. It, it, and it still is, and it, it has to be to a certain point, but there is only, if you just follow more money, more money, more money, there is a point where it's almost unnecessary the more money you, you just need. Yeah. So best thing is to distribute the game, to grow the whole thing, because that has a long-term benefit for I don't everyone. I think that international rugby is where it's at for the growth of the game. It's got. It's got to be club. It's got to be club rugby. No, no, I, I, I disagree. I yeah, disagree massively. I, I do disagree with but that. But I, I think if you, if again, I've said this many times before on the podcast, so I won't labour the point. But if the, the aim should be that in ten, fifteen years' time, you can go, you can go to a World Cup where twelve teams could legitimately win it. And if you get yeah. to that point, then you've got a product that is way more interesting, way more marketable. You have much more entertaining matchups. You'll have way bigger TV audiences. Sponsors will come in and want to be part of it. But I think you're talking like with the football. Yeah. I know no football's different from rugby. And rugby's a yeah. minority sport. I actually by think comparison. you're talking there. I mean, the things that you describe, you're almost talking about the Premiership. Yeah, there's not twelve teams that could win it, but certainly six or no, seven. No, I know, but you cannot deny that nationwide, worldwide competition is. It is going to be where the massive, the, the biggest TV audiences are. Look at, look at the Olympic Games, look at Football World Cup, and I'm, the, as I say, NFL, rugby's a minority yeah, sport. But where does the NFL fit into that? Because NFL is not obviously a, a, a national sport. It's got one league, it's got clubs, and that seems to go fine. And I, I think that's probably, you know... The, well, the, having Being the number one sport in a nation of... Three hundred million. Three and three hundred fifty yeah. million people. But, you know, things with the England. Size of can Europe. you really can you really support England like the way that you support your club? So you know, you get the people who go sail who go week in, week out. Uh, I mean that is a real labour of love. The, like the, I think the club fans really, really appreciate their their rugby. It's not to say international fans don't, but you just can't support a, a nation the same way that you, that you support a club. No, but in terms of reaching the mass TV audience, getting the huge sponsorship deals having a product that will go cross continents cross and, and have a global interest mm. you're not you're not going to get a global interest for the Gallagher premiership or for the French top 14 you're just uh, not i i this i think you probably could I certainly like I look at look at the way the top the top 14 is growing now and also you look at how football has these huge overseas audiences what you know like half of indonesia are watching chelsea versus everton you know, I, it, it yeah, is, that, well, that's it, the same it, it as us possible. watching the NFL. Yeah, yeah, it is possible. Uh, and I just think that's where the energy should be. I don't think there's a real sustainable um, solution 
growing the international game. I don't want to see England so South Africa. You think the growth again. of rugby union is to get people in? I don't know. Pick a pick any country you want. Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea. Watching the Gallagher Premiership rather Guinea, than watching like, a rugby World I, Cup. I think they. I think they like. Uh, rugby league over in Papua New Guinea. They do okay. like they do like a bit. Yeah, of and, and look, look, a success for me would look something like the NRL in Australia, a rear, a, a th- an absolutely thriving league, um, which is good in its own right. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even that bothered about so called you know chasing the audiences. So, uh, well, that so survives much. on the native audience it has in Australia, not yeah. on its worldwide audience. Um, a bit of both. I mean, if you're a rugby league fan, you will watch NRL. Yeah, I know. NRL is the go-to league, right? But it's but it's also the. Might even be the number one sport in Australia. Yeah, it probably is the probably. number one. It's, number probably, one it's probably the number one league, whether it's the number one sport, I, I don't know. Hmm. It's a slightly different thing. Uh, yeah, but I, yeah, I, I just can't see that. I, I just can't see why I'd want to see England play eight times a year or nine times a year. You well, can't support a nation like... So the way, the way they're doing it would be the five games in the Six Nations, you'd have three games in the autumn... Yeah, yeah, I would still be some summer summer games as well. Yeah, Sum, yeah, summer yeah. tour, three games in the autumn with a fourth one possible if you make the final. It's horribly convoluted, isn't it? It's like a solution. It, well, it, it, it sounds like a question that no one's asked. I, so, I don't think it's convoluted because it, it, you're basically doing the same as what you're doing right now, just put in a bit of a, a lens over the top of it to the make it The only meaningful. difference being the, the travel and the time zones and all the rest of it is going to... I mean, I don't think they've thought this one through. They're saying it's always good. The fixtures are going to be computer generated, but you you could legitimately have, say, an England team going, right? Yeah, you're playing um, in Cape Town, then in Buenos Aires, and then you're going to Auckland in the space of three weeks. In the space, well, in the space of fourteen days. Yeah, <laughs> that that does sound ludicrous. And but the, the whole thing. The biggest, the biggest problem that rugby has is the number of games that the top players play, and the fact that the, the top players are so important to the game, the clubs, the country that they play so many games a year, and they're actually they are restricted in games per year right now. But this doesn't solve that problem. This doesn't come close to solving that problem. Yeah. The only the only way that rugby is going to sort itself out is if you get a global season, where you have a condensed window for club national games, a Premiership and URC, or Super, uh, and then club um, international games. I say Heineken Cup. And then international games. That is how yeah. rugby solves its problem. This does not. If anything, this only bakes in the the problem that we've already got. It bakes it in more by cementing a structure you know, I, around the actually, problem we've already got. I actually think the solution for rugby already exists, and um, yeah, there's a lot of meddling and trying to come up with the you know the golden bullet of actually how it's going to you know, solve itself. The solution is top fourteen. I, 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 you know, if rugby carries on as it is current, uh, uh, as it is now, fast forward five years, the top fourteen will be so dominant that that will be the future. And with with, the, with that dominance comes power. So it won't be they give away their players to international teams. They will decide if they give away their players to, in, to international teams. Uh, yeah. That that will that'll yeah. be the future. And from the Premiership point of view, the concern I have about this new thought is well for one thing if you want to make the nation's cup meaningful then suddenly those summer internationals no you're not going to experiment you're going to get you you have to get your best team sorry you can't rest this summer like some of the big guns did yeah. last year 
because well, we we've got to win. Um, uh, but and I, just, and I also just fear it will mean that the clubs see less and less of their international players, mm. which means the Premiership sees less of their international players, which means the Premiership becomes a less attractive yep. prospect for sponsors and all the rest of it, which means you get this bigger and bigger gap. And this is happening, right? So this is already a, a problem which I can see on the horizon. I spoke about it before, but I think it, it probably needs revisiting and re-emphasising. So the Premiership clubs keep their England players by threatening them that if they leave England they can't play they can't play international mm-hmm. international money is worth an, like, an awful lot so what you have now is the clubs relying on these international players to get the crowds in to get the fans in everyone wants to see Tom uh, Tom Curry Tom Curry play other internationals are, um, are available um, but then the more that the clubs rely on the England money to keep their star players in the country, the more power England have over them, the less they're going to play for their, for, for their club. This is getting worse and worse and worse. So as salary caps come down, these players are relying more on their international money to make up that sort of deficit. That's where a lot of their, a lot of their income comes from. Yeah, there is going to be a reckoning in England because of the, exactly as you say, the condensed salary cap where you've, you've taken, I don't know, 15% off the salary cap. Mm. But you've still got the same number of players. Yep. So everyone is in effect taking a fifteen percent pay cut. But it's not evenly distributed. No, it's not. So the, the top guys are not taking a pay cut and everyone else is taking a massive pay cut. Yeah. So like Owen uh, you know, so uh, there'll be a situation I think where Owen Farrell you just won't see him or anyone like uh like that for the majority of the season because England uh, own them lock lock, stock and barrel. Mm. And you know, they they, they they do pay the clubs in fairness. Um, they pay and then the, there's, and there's a, so they do pay money, and there's the credits as well. Yeah, but then that money goes basically straight back to the player. Yeah. So then the player uh, is getting a huge amount of a uh, huge amount of, of salary cap, the England money, and he's still not playing because England wants uh, England, England wants to rest him, and it's going to be a massive, massive issue. Mm. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Um, I'll just rattle through a couple of emails one from Aaron Young who says guys just listen to the latest pod loved how you started ripping into JB about his stance on the Premiership being the most competitive league there is oh stop so I've come up with a brand new so we had this conversation didn't we about what is the most competitive league and how do we define it yes uh, I don't think we did a good good, good job I've come up with a new measure Go on. I, th- I think I did a fine job I just said <laughs> it's, it's the top 14 the, next well the, the measure of the competitiveness is how many teams spend up to the salary cap? That is that that'd be that would be my measure. So that cap can go up or down, but how many teams Does that particular measure that you've chosen mean the premiership is the most competitive? Yes, I'd say it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting that you you happen to pick a measure that fits your narrative. Weird, isn't it? It's very, very uh, interesting. Aaron Aaron Young continues. It reminded me of the cast of the young ones arguing who would you cast in each role of the main roles, assuming none of you is Mike? Um, throughout the pod, and he continues, that's, that's one for us to think of. Uh, throughout the pod, I also thought of characters from the Fast Show or Harry Enfield and Chums. For example, Phil is, quote, this week I have been mostly eating pork belly. Oh, um, yes. Uh, JB, competitive dad. Yeah. Uh, Tim as modern dad. Or JB as, you don't want to do it like that. <laughs> or Phil and Tim as smashy and nicey. Um, so, <laughs> <You're right. laughs> any other thoughts? Because I mean, we're expanding from our usual. Oh, they're like rugby's to Top Gear. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 
Uh, Although I'm quite happy with that cliche. Thank, thank you, Aaron. Uh, yeah, I am as well. A very entertaining listen all the way from out here in Hong Kong. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, that does make sense, though, doesn't it? If everyone's spending broadly the same, it's going to be a competitive league. That, that same, well, that, it, that same that depends. it depends. It's not the best rugby. It's the most competitive. It depends, because you, you've got the risk of, if you just look at it in spend terms, you've got the risk of the football problem. What's the football problem? The football problem, as you well know, because you read um, Soconomics, mm-hmm. football teams, the, the historic Premier League table is... If you if you put the historic um, salaries, finish, finishing position in the Premier League table against the historic salaries, yeah. so the, the the amount they pay the players, there's like a uh, 0.89. There's a, an incredibly high correlation between those two things because you're in this position in football where all you have to do is pay more money and you finish yeah. higher, which overlooks the fact that there is a lot more to a sports team than just paying more money. You've got to have nutrition, you've got conditioning, you've got strength, you've got to have coaching, you've got to have the whole you've got to have the whole Leicester shooting Leinster shooting match as well as having the best players. And Leinster, Leinster are an incredible team because I think they combine the two of them. They mm. have they have the best structures. They have incredible uh, conditioning and nutrition and also on top of that they have the best players and you you risk if if it's just if the only metric you're looking at is salary cap or spend yeah, so you, spend you miss sure. you miss everything else mm, no I think you're fine no 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 if your only metric <laughs> is money spent then you are missing everything else because you're not measuring anything else yeah but I still think I, was, I, I still think you'd be so, 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 so teams can do more than that yeah, but yeah. if your measure if your only measure is money yeah, you are people. you are by definition missing, yeah, missing it's like by going um, uh, we're gonna a, we want 25 stone props brilliant but you might have someone who's 7 foot tall and really a big blob or you mm. could have a yeah you could have a 6 foot stacked but when we're measuring someone who deadlift 300k when the, we're me- measuring the competitiveness of leagues I do think that the salary cap measure or the amount spent is definitely the best measure so how, how does URC fit into that badly really badly so they spend a lot of money. Leinster obviously spend a lot of money. Although no one knows how much. Nobody knows how much, but they obviously spend it's a, a closely lot of money. Guarded huge I would, I would assume Leinster spend a lot more money on their squad than say Glasgow, and it's that. Par- yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's I'm that sure parity. Sure you know, so if Glasgow spent, I don't know, whatever, like like Leinster spent, um, it would be a more competitive league. And I think it's it's. The, the difference between the haves and the have-nots and I think that's, that's what the Premiership does really well but because even the bottom team in the Premiership I mean like Worcester would be down there Worcester, Worcester will be spending up to the salary cap ne- next year under Steve Diamond they will be they will yeah yeah now the problem they've got right now you say well, what do you measure is you have to pay over the odds to get someone into Worcester because they're Worcester well, that's, that's the that's, problem they've got two British and Irish Lions by paying over the odds for two British and Irish Lions. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that, so back to is the Premiership the most competitive league? Yes, it is. I've just proved it. <laughs> I've got a, a couple more messages. Uh, David White said, lads, uh, pod, blah, etc. Uh, as a sensible man of middle age with two children and under 10, it's no longer Saturday nights in the rugby club for me. 
so this year I was watching Eurovision at home oh, no. rather than in the rugby club. Oh, did Ukraine win? Yes. They won. Did they? Yeah. Of course they did. <laughs> it was a great song, JB. No cynicism. <laughs> did any of you know? G- GB came second, I think. Did, did, Which did is we? like we're, And France and Germany came last. So I think we might be popular again. Uh, France it, and Germany and Macron and... Is it directly linked to the amount of N-laws that you shorts. send to... Um, I think it might be. Send, how, how many javelin weapon <laughs> systems you send gets you more Perfect. points. Anyway. Well spent. Um, yeah, so uh, did any of you notice, uh, in brackets, I assume JB was watching at least... Um, I don't know what you were doing on Saturday night. But, no, um, I wasn't watching Eurovision. That, that's yeah. He says, that, did, did you notice that at one point the irreverent host Mika went on to introduce the Romanian act backstage in between the UK and Polish performances uh, and said, here we have Spain. Wait, not Spain. Uh, (laughs) Clearly the pod uh, (laughs) continues to spread its tentacles to places others just cannot reach. Not Spain. Uh, Not Spain. Let the boys play. Thank you, you, One of our members on the Stag Group this weekend is a huge Eurovision fan. The point you wanted to watch it on Saturday, I was like, absolutely not. Outside of sport, it's the only thing I've ever been invited to someone's house to watch. Really? <laughs> yeah, people have people have parties. Did uh, you? I, I love to. I think people got together, didn't they? A, a, a apprentice final. People got together for that. Uh, I, I, I'm sure that I did. Well, I, still, even with the no, current series, like not, the old. No, 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 yeah, 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 no one bothers with that now. Uh, season, surely, season surely some. Surely there must have been some Game of Thrones pass, parties. Probably. Yeah, we had a bit of a. We had. A, yeah, we had some people around for Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. Love Island? No. Me and you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, t- you two and your Love Island. <laughs> so it's back soon, mate. Should we resurrect the, yeah. the Love Island pod? <laughs> 2,000 listeners overnight. Biggest Love Island podcast on the planet. We got mentioned in the bloody... Uh, that, um, whatever the name of the woman is that does the Guardian podcast stuff. We got mentioned in that. Did we? For the, our Love Island pod. <laughs> <laughs> in, in complimentary terms, I, I oh, hasten wow. to add. Of course. Uh, and this this one as well. I've got I've got to say this one to to Ben Telfer. Now we know the finalists uh, for Marseille in a fortnight. Uh, we've got we've got a listener in in a bit of a pickle. Uh, ben Telfer. He, he's done. He's been a great mate to people that probably don't deserve him as a mate. I, I was thinking of how can I solve this problem for Ben? Yeah, I know. Uh, and, I, and one of my solutions was like sending my wife and her friends to watch the uh, European Cup, but no. So, so Ben's email says, uh, hi, gents, blah, blah, blah. Great pod. Uh, I booked a trip to Marseille for the Heineken Champions Cup final for my friend's birthday, but we've been let down by a few dropouts. Oh. I paid up front, and the cost is non-refundable. Uh-oh. Uh, so I've considered, I'm considering cutting my losses and selling to someone who would make use of the Airbnb and the tickets. So he's, he's booked a great Airbnb, has flights and tickets... Uh, so, if anyone wants more info... Well, it might be useful knowing where he's flying out of. Cause uh, out of London Stansted to uh, Marseille. He's got two return flights there. He's got eight Champions Cup final tickets. And he's awesome. got an 11-bed Airbnb oh, for the 27th and the 29th of May. for that lot? <laughs> I mean, he's got, a, you know, look, really low-ball him. But, like, I, I mean, it's a, it's a kind of handshake thing. He's been, to, he's been told, yes, go ahead and book it. And then after he's done it, he's been told, oh, actually, I can't. And they're not paying up. Scumbags. That, that is scumbags. That is scumbags. Yeah. That is disgraceful to do that. If it wasn't in Marseille, I'd be interested. 
<laughs> anywhere, anywhere else on the planet. Mogadishu, I'm in. Yeah, I, Rwanda. I got, the, <laughs> I got the plane from Marseille earlier today. I got the train from Toulon to Marseille, and um, and oh, I thought, I thought, do you know what? It was horrible weather when we were in Marseille. It, it was, was biblically late, bad rain. Late November, Horrendous. dark and miserable. The rats thought, were impressive. I thought, yeah, they were. <laughs> I thought, right, it's a bright, sunny day. I've got, I've got four, forty-five minutes in between my. Uh, 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 I had no, like, like half an hour at the St. Charles train station just to sit on the square outside. I thought, right, I'll, I'll give Marseille another go. Uh, it's horrible. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> and you can see from that train station, you can see around, and there's some beautiful spots. There's an amazing like looking cathedral thing up on the hill in the distance, and there's, but it's. No. Marseille, some of the things, graffiti and ruts. Yeah. Yeah. Just, it just, it, yeah. It's been let. To run down in a yeah. lot in too many places, yeah, such a shame. Yeah. Oh, look next, at that! Andrew, next, next Andrew Brace just followed. Follow, is he followed us or followed me? He's followed me. Oh, uh, humble brag. I know, mates for the night. Uh, right, so we've got some Premiership next week, Next week's fixtures. Yeah, yeah, yeah fixtures. Come fixtures. on. So Friday night, Friday night, two games on Friday night. We've got Bristol hosting Exeter. Exeter should win that. Exeter. Exeter will win that. Exeter to win. And then Wasps host Sale Sharks. That's a tasty game. Yeah. Just tell, read me the points. What what does the table say? So wasps can technically still... <coughs> I think both teams can so technically still... Wasps, wasps are... Cru- so there, there is an enormous gulf. Wasps are currently in ninth. Wasps are 17 points ahead of Bristol, who are in 10th. Yeah. So Bristol, Newcastle, Worcester, Bath. You're gone. But Wasps are on 60 points. They're in ninth. London Irish are on 61 points in eighth. Sale are also on 61 points in seventh. Exeter are only on 62 points in sixth. And then Gloucester, five points clear, 67. Northampton are currently in fourth on 68. And then the top three are, again, clear. There's, so, some, there's some room. So Wasp and Sale aren't going to... They can mathematically make it. They're not going to... Yeah, Sale needs to win this. They're not going to, but... Uh, yeah, Sale have to win it, but even then, they're not going to do it. Uh, nevertheless, top eight get into Champions Cup, and one of Wasps, Irish or Sale are not going to make the Champions Cup. Yeah. Or, or potentially Exeter. Potentially. Exeter could be, because Exeter are in that. This category. is what this is why it's such a competitive league. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> one of those it's, it's all down to how much they spend. Yeah, it absolutely is. Well, because like it's just no, uh, it, there's just no 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 respite in the in in the entire thing. Like there's a, a few teams whose season is going to be an absolute disaster this year. Bristol will be one, obviously Bath will be one. Sale don't make Champions Cup. I mean, that's a disaster. I, I, I think part of Exeter. I think Exeter is, is a disaster of a season. Now, I, I'm again. I, I think because they're such lovely people, and they're so good with the media, and and they're so brilliant and affable and, and nice and a good bunch, and they get on. I think you cut them some slack, but nevertheless, I think you do have to acknowledge it's been a disaster of a season. Oh yeah. For Exeter, yeah, and, and if they don't make Champions Cup, I mean, no, they, they if if they don't, that is a uh, um, that is um, a mitigating world disaster. ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not making top four is a disaster. Yeah. So not making top eight would be cataclysmically bad. And whoever loses this game between Wasps and Sale, Sale is in a precarious bad position. Position, yeah. yeah. Sale should do the should do the business here. They should. Wasps are dangerous. Though. Give me Wasps. Give Sale. me Wasps. I'm going to go sail. Are the AJ Bell? No. no. Uh, the Rico. 
I'm, I'm at the Rico for this one. Looking forward nice. to it. Nice. Yeah, that will that, that will that will be good. That'll be good. Come down, see borders. Yeah. Come so on, then, come on, Jay. on Saturday, on Friday night, yeah, Saturday, twenty first of May, we have uh, we got Bath hosting London Irish. Oh, sorry. Ooh. Does Carol Vorderman follow you on Twitter because she follows me? Oh no, she doesn't. Yeah, there you go. But yet. I did. But I did do a music video with her. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> just to, just to very, just to very briefly expre- explain. Um, <laughs> uh, the guy I was doing a radio show with found an old cassette of some songs he wrote when he was a teenager. One of them was about Carol Vorderman. And so we got it recorded by a proper band and released it. Was it a good song? Uh, it was called Carol O'Carroll. It was decent. It's on, <laughs> you can look at it, it's on Spotify. <laughs> Carol O'Carroll by, and we called our band New Vorder. <laughs> do, do, do you still get the royalties from the, uh, yeah, the yeah, Spotify? Yeah, if I listen to it on Spotify, it's on Spotify, and um, okay, it got to like I think it got to like number forty-one in the chart or something. <laughs> anyway, um, and Carol Vorderman agreed to be in the music video. Yeah, amazing. Which unfortunately, because XFM shut down, that video got deleted because that whole account got deleted, and I don't have the original. So. Oh, what a shame! Oh, that is a shame. But I spent a day with as well. I spent a few hours with her and. Um, as you know, JB, love, lovely company. Ace. Yes. So, Saturday, yeah, we've sorry. got Bath hosting London Irish. Uh, Irish win. London Irish East will win that one over London Irish West. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Okay. Then Harlequins host Gloucester. Oh, that's going to be a nice game. That's huge. Quins. Home win. Home, yeah. Give me Gloucester. Quins win. Uh, Newcastle host Leicester, which is going to be a big Leicester, Leicester win. Yeah, and Saracens host Northampton. This is massive. Every time over the past few years, Saracens have had a beat down in Europe. Every every time they've had a bad game, yes, they they correct things (laughs) by putting sixty points on Northampton. (laughs) Yeah, so that that is precisely what's going to happen this week. Saints are going to have Dan Bigger back, apparently. Um, Yeah, and that that's if Gloucester can sneak a win at Quinns. It is massive because should Saracens beat Northampton, Saracens will have sewn up second place, mm. and they will they can rest against Northampton. They can rest. Mm. Uh, they can rest a load of players against against Gloucester. Sorry, they play Gloucester Good. on the final day. I really uh, okay. hope Gloucester get that fourth position. I mean, I look like I'd like Sales to do it, but they're not been good enough. Simple, simple as that. I really, I like, I just, I just like Gloucester. I, I, I like this team. I, I, I like them as a bunch of blokes. I, I want them to win. I want them to get in the top four. I, I think Northampton will do it. I think Northampton but, will do well, it. But Northampton are going to lose by sixty points against Saracens. So yes. that's that's not going to help them. Get out. absolutely smoked by Saracens. Yes. Uh, if Northampton, go, I don't think. Actually, I don't think Northampton or Gloucester will make any sort of dent in the playoffs when they get there. But no, no, want them to get there. It's just, they're, they're just going to be like a speed bump for whoever's above yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, it's a win-win for me because if Gloucester get fourth spot, delighted because, as you say, cracking bunch of blokes, lots of friends of the pod in the team. If Northampton make it, it means the semi-finals are going to be those two derby games, Leicester, Northampton, Saracen Squins, which is... That's really juicy. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Although, you know, Leicester finishing top of, top of the table, right? And they've had a great season. They're not invulnerable, so you know, Leicester, Northampton, that, that, that could they just go go either way, but I don't think, yeah, I don't, I can't, see, I couldn't see Northampton doing the business against Harlequins or Saracens in a final, not even close actually. Yeah, I, I have, I did see Saracens in a slightly different light on on Saturday night 
that they're a little bit more vulnerable than I had thought. And and I did look back at that 2019 team that won the Heineken Cup and some very, very influential men were not involved Mm. um, at the weekend. Yes, you've got Itoji and Farrell and Jamie George and and Elliot Daly and stuff, but it's just the kind of the, the vocal, the vocal leaders that you didn't, you had um, Richard Wigglesworth and Ben Spencer. You had uh, Liam Williams, just like so influential he can be. And mm. Brad, ba- Brad Barrett. You had Will Skelton. Skelton. You had George Cruz. Was Mako playing yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Yeah, it was his first game back up for injury. Though, okay. So he went, yeah. on, he went off after like 50 minutes. Although yeah. that uh, Maui, what he looks at. Yeah, player. He, he's a good boy. So anyway. Uh, did John Kapoku play for Leon this week? John Kapoku was man of the match. He was on the Omdu match. In the other semi-final, yeah, that's interesting. I bet, I, I bet he, I bet he signs back to Saracens at some point. That's very interesting. Yeah. Mm. So they, they are games. Uh, I just want to say, well, well done, lads. Fair play, especially you, Phil. What's the time? <laughs> Thank you, Tim. The time now is uh, fourteen minutes past midnight. Oh, it's not too bad. Yeah. And um, uh, and we've got a pod in the can, and Phil, you sound like you could probably get back on it and feel better or I want, want to get back yeah. on it now should we yeah. go to Mojo's yeah I've been taxi to Mojo's crazy Pedro's and then Mojo's let's go yes classic Sunday night in um, do you want to share that message before we no 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 actually just as an exercise let Tim read it don't read it loud I just want Tim's reaction to reading right. it Okay. 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 Do you think? Do you think when time passes, you might be willing to? No, I don't. No, think. no, no. Not on the pod. Not on the pod. I, I couldn't. I, I couldn't read the last. I couldn't read the last paragraph on the plane. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I was crying. <laughs> oh dear. How can you get a plane? How can you get a flight so wrong? Uh, wrong or right? I'm not. Not entirely sure. You had um, you had stuff in the in the you had nothing in the hold luggage. You had just uh, just just that's, just just my that's just as well, isn't it? Yeah, very <laughs> convenient. Do we need to stop the plane? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> I've never been I've never been in a situation close to this, and I'm in, I'm a liability. He's made a sensible one. <laughs> Oh, oh, How full was the plane, by the way? Full. Uh, full enough. Oh, full. God. Full. <laughs> Very full. Does your friend need medical attention? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Devastating. How do you feel, though? Um, how do you feel now? You're a grown man with children. and I, I feel absolutely fine. I, I don't know what you're talking about, Tim. I, everything, everything is good. <laughs> Yeah, right. I, I couldn't get through the last the, the last par- paragraph of that. <laughs> <laughs> Crying with laughter. Well, all I'm going to say is th- this is the level of commitment. This is how much it matters that there's a podcast there on a Monday morning. So, uh, if you've enjoyed it and you appreciate the effort, especially of Phil and JB, then um, hit that subscribe button um, and subscribe to Patreon, and there will be a podcast on Patreon. We I let you down last week. I tried to upload it. I got it wrong. There is a it will be up there. Coming up. It will be. Up, it will be, up it will be on there. Maybe Phil will have to do another one in 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 the days or weeks ahead. Just 
chronicling the um, <laughs> the Madrid. My, my recallings of the flight back the, from the Madrid, Madrid. memoirs. Oh, we'll God. call it the Madrid memoirs. Um, oh dear, from Phil Larkin. Um, yeah, patreon.com forward slash egg chasers. Hit subscribe. Uh, tell you mates and let the boys play. The boys play. When it comes to clothes, having pieces that you can wear anywhere is a must. That's why American Giant makes clothing that fits your life seamlessly with quality you have to feel to believe. Whether you're stocking up for any weather or picking up a special gift, you'll find an impressive selection of staples to choose from. So whether you're on the hunt for a heavyweight hoodie, a fleece jacket, or a hardworking pair of warm sweatpants, American Giant has what you're looking for. Each American Giant piece is designed to last and created with commitment to doing things better. And all their products are made right here in America. Because keeping things local ensures the kind of quality you'll feel and appreciate for years to come. Discover the American Giant difference today. Shop Wear Anywhere Closet Staples at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your order when you use code ANYSTYLE24 at checkout. That's 20% off at American-Giant.com, promo code ANYSTYLE24. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.